haven't done an episode in a long time. It's been a eight months. <laughs> um, it's been a year and a half since I started this thing, and you know some things have transpired that I want to talk about and share. That's necessitated me taking a break from not only this channel but uh, <laughs> most aspects of life. You know, all of us have lived long enough that our life probably doesn't resemble what we thought it would be when we were growing up. If, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Well, I make him laugh all the time because <laughs> I'm just always telling him my plans. But, you know, to, to kind of start out, to give you a background of, of what's been going on in my life, and I, I think this episode has at least an aspect of kind of what I've been going through and how I was put in a position where I had to get my life back again that uh, will resonate with whoever watches it in some way because there are so many different facets that were involved with it. But if you've heard my initial story, if, you, if you've seen my episodes, episodes, uh, I think it's two through four um, on my channel, they talk about my life. And specifically, they talk about when I was uh, 30, 33 years old, um, right after my father died, I went into what was called a manic episode. Um, and mania is part of the, the ugly head of bipolar, right? You have the depressed and then people will psych and cycle into mania. I believe mania is really misunderstood, um, but I'm gonna explain everything about it. But, uh, you know, I, I went into that manic episode and just went, went nuts. I uh, lost the business, which was, you know, at that time worth, already worth millions of dollars and would have been worth a lot more today. Um, not just because of that, but it did not help with my marriage, you know, and eventually me and my ex-wife, we got divorced. And it, it was it was kind of crazy because I just lost control and, and no one could reach me. And I, I didn't know what went, what had happened with me. And I went to rehab because I started using drugs for the first time in 10 plus years since before my mission or longer than that. And uh, I, you know, I, I had people start to talk to me and realized I had I'd went into what's called a manic episode. You know, when, when you're bipolar, what happens, or, or when you're in mania, what happens is, is you've got your neurotransmitters, and your neurotransmitters have kind of a head, and then they have kind of like a rectangular body, and then they have these little strands on the end. Well, these strands are full of your dopamine, your ser serotonin, your norepinephrine, all of these things. The, the middle part is where things change with bipolar. Um, there's a charge that decides how quick those those uh, neurotransmitters go to your brain and different things. Well, when you're not when you're depressed, it's not charged very much. So the depressed person that has bipolar isn't getting enough of that stuff. When you're manic, it's the opposite. So it's it's not dissimilar to a drug. Um, in fact, it's the most intoxicating feeling and scariest I've ever felt. And I've done most drugs there is. So, but that's what happens in mania. So. You know, I had all these, all this fallout from it. And like, you know, I'd worked so hard to build that business and it was devastating to me uh, to lose it. And, you know, it, it created these issues within my marriage, different things. And I was so frustrated at God for a long time. You know, I, I believed in God because I've just had too much experience with him not to. But uh, I was like, you, you took everything from me. And, uh, you know, I shifted the blame to God. 
And I think that's dangerous when we shift blame to others, and especially him, because then we can do whatever we want to do, and it's their fault. And then we're not conflicted in those behaviors because we feel like we deserve it. And so I went pretty wild there for a while, um, you know, for a year and a half, and got into heavier use and different things. And, you know, finally I just got tired of it and just said, just, just show me why. Just show me why. And it, it came so strong to this day, I remember it, but it said, you know, you're an addict and uh, you're about to come into a lot of money. And with that, an accessibility to all types of pleasure. And also when you do good, Kate, you tend to forget me and think you don't need me. It would have been too much for you and you would have died and you, your kids wouldn't have had a dad. And, uh, you know, from blaming him so long to having that shift, paradigm shift that he was saving me was, was powerful. Well, they didn't diagnose me as bipolar. Um, usually you want to see more than one manic episode. And I don't really tend to, uh, to go into depression, which is, which is abnormal for bipolar. I mean, I, I definitely can cycle into it right after a manic episode, but it's not, it's not something I do where the typical bipolar person is, is going to fluctuate and they're going to have sometimes long periods of mania and long periods of depression, and sometimes they're going to cycle really fast there. Well, I only had one. And what, what caused it, we'd found out, was a, was a panic attack I had um, that, that kind of caused a lot of this stuff. And I, it was 16 hours where I thought I was going to die every second. And my brain was in such a stress state. And so a lot of time what kicks in mania when you're predisposed to it is uh, stress, really stress neuron stuff. So anyway, I felt like, you know, I'm fine. It's, it's been 10 years, you know what I mean? feel like, you know, God has me. Um, I, I hadn't been medicated for it. Didn't think I needed it. Well, if you watch my, my channel, you can also see from about January on, I was, I was getting out of control. You know, I was visions of grandiosity with this channel and begging people for likes and just stuff that's not me. But that's kind of what, what the mania does, right? But I, uh, I started to shift and, uh, well, the, the catalyst for this episode was I, I'd been on a drug called clonopin for seven years and I'd been prescribed it and I, I never abused it. Um, and clonopin's an anti-anxiety drug. And uh, at one point my ex-wife was like, I think you should get off of it um, because I had abused it in the past. Uh, my doctor said, you don't need it anymore. My therapist is like, you should get off. So I, I cold turkeyed off that. The problem is I cold turkeyed way too fast. And so I, you know, I, I'd been on two milligrams for seven years. And so it changes the neural pathways and the, the stuff within your brain. It just, it shifts everything, right? So I got off of it and it was, it was brutal. And I, I've been through benzoyl withdrawal before I shared my stories, but, but my brain was doing all kinds of different things. And, you know, I'd feel stressed and then I'd feel high. Half the time I felt like I was on LSD and I just, you know, I was waiting to get over it. Well, I started to get into mania, but because I wasn't expecting it, because I'd forgotten about it, I, I couldn't quite place it, right? Where, you know, slowly I, I start not needing to sleep as much. And that's, that's a big thing. People that are bipolar one, which, you know, they, they diagnosed me as a mild bipolar two, because I've only had two manic episodes as it is. But people that are bipolar one, they can go a month without sleeping in a manic episode your body is just charged. And so my, my sleep started to suffer a little bit. But the other reason I don't think I caught it is because I thought this is just clonopin withdrawal. And I'm feeling kind of good, but I'm feeling kind of weird and, you know, whatever. So anyway, I went out to Vegas and just acted pretty wild out there. 
And uh, then I started to shift into this manic episode. I did an episode right after this and uh, I took it down. Um, I think my intentions were good, but I was a wreck. <laughs> and uh, it, it definitely got viewed. It's the most viewed thing I've ever put up the quickest. I think people like to see stuff like that, but uh, I'm not gonna go into a bunch of detail of everything that transpired while I was manic, you know. Just just slow to say, I, I started to lose control. I stopped working, didn't think I needed to, to work anymore. Um, I, I thought I was gonna be a billionaire. I thought I'd found my why. I, I just was, you know, I was having these deep dreams and all these things. And my friends were all kind of noticing, are you okay? You know, things are things are kind of weird because the longer you're in mania, the most more severe it gets. So. It, you know, it eventually got really severe. You know, I, I went out to California and acted really inappropriate in a very public setting with a lot of people I know. And, uh, you know, got punched by a nurse, a male nurse at the hospital, um, bloodied me up. And then I went and relapsed and took a bunch of mushrooms and laid down in the street in, in California, in LA at night for like six hours. And uh, I could barely breathe. I thought I was gonna die half the time. and Had homeless people walking around me and all these things. So the next day I, you know, I get back to a hotel and I sleep for two days. Um, Cause I'm starting to kind of come off this stuff cause I hadn't been sleeping. So I sleep for two days. I get back to Utah, I get lost at the airport because I, I can't figure out where I'm going. And I, I swear that freaking airport, I, I walked up and down those stairs for like six hours and then I couldn't find my truck, which had part of the parking garage. So I would walk across where you pick people up and then I, I would uh, hop up and climb up the fence. So I was in this stupid red suit and it was probably was quite a sight. And I just kept doing it. And finally that night, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I need help. I understand I'm manic because, you know, what? I kind of thought I was in mania. My therapist caught it with me about three weeks ago, but the problem is when you're in mania, I thought that I was cycling in and out of it because if I wasn't going crazy or acting extreme, I thought, oh, I'm not. Well, no, I was I was still very much in it. So I, I finally found a, a taxi and a, or, or a ambulance and they took me down and, and I got hospitalized for uh, two days out at the psych ward in West Jordan. And... Uh, you know, I'd had another manic episode and they, they put me on some medication and they, they released me from, from the hospital. I was still very manic. And that's when I put out that, that disaster of an episode. Um, but I, I was just, I was still pretty out of my mind and, and couldn't, you know, couldn't think logically. I understood at that point was starting to feel a lot of regret for, you know, some of the stuff that had transpired while I was manic and the people that I'd hurt and uh, the boundaries I'd broke. And, you know, it was, it was starting to affect me. So they put me on one medication. Um, it's called Zyprexa. I'm no longer on it. They put me on another one called lithium, which I'll probably stay on it forever. Um, it is to, to keep me out of mania. But, uh, it, a byproduct of, of this one is I started to gain a lot of weight. I gained 30 pounds and I lost all motivation and didn't want to work out at all. So that was very difficult for a guy like me. I've, I've started working out about three weeks ago and, and started losing weight and I've lost about half of it. Um, but it was probably good for me in a lot of ways because I realized how much I, I put my worth on what I look like. And also sometimes the, the more you get into this world of lifting and stuff, the more insecure you get. You know, my friends are always, you're always checking yourself out in the mirror. Well, it's not always that I'm checking myself out. It's a lot of time I'm insecure because my, if, I, if I'm not 
have my worth shifted to God, then it starts to shift to what I look like. And when it starts to shift to what I look like, depending on the angle, the camera, or different things like that, I can either feel really good or I can feel not good about myself. So I started gaining quite a bit of weight. We went back to uh, the, with my buddy Brandon. We, went, we finally got my truck um, with, with my buddy Gabe, and then he left. I didn't have a wallet, so I lost my wallet. I lost my phone. I lost all this stuff when I was out there. So I had no way to contact anyone. And, you know, I, I, I made a lot of people worry. And a lot of my friends were, were, they had a, you know, a thread of 50 people. And people were looking at for me because I didn't tell anyone when I went to the hospital. I didn't have a phone and I wasn't thinking right. So we went and got my truck and then he pulled out and left. And uh, I was behind him, but I had no, he forgot. I had no card. I had no way to get out of the airport. So I sat there for about three hours, uh, just parking in different places. And, uh, the people kept telling me to move, kept telling me to move. And so finally I was like, this, I, I can't get a hold of one. I have no money. So on the airport, there's a big curve with a bunch of mulch. And I went and I scaled that mulch and I, I went straight up into the airport and I left. And so I, I left and didn't pay. A few days later, me and my buddy Brandon took me back there to try and find my wallet you know, and, and, and my phone and uh, we couldn't find it. And so finally we were leaving and, and we're paying for the parking. And all of a sudden these police officers come and they sit me down. Right. And they're asking me all these questions. And I was out of my mind. Brandon's like, would you just shut up? I'm like, Brandon's on shrooms. I'm like, I've like the most erratic behavior you, you could ever imagine. He's like, we're going to jail tonight. Well, they, I didn't have anything on me. Right. So they didn't, uh, they, they didn't take me to jail, but they, they, give me a citation for theft of services, which isn't a traffic citation. It's a class B misdemeanor. So a few months later or a few weeks later, I start getting all these things, these letters from law firms offering to represent me saying that, uh, <laughs> you, you've been charged with a serious crime, a class B misdemeanor. So I, I picked up a charge while I was at it as well. So I, I came home and I, you know, I did not want to be around anyone. And, uh, I, I've isolated a lot, you know, I, I had, I've had my core group of people, which I'm grateful for you because I, you know, when, when I'm in a place of pain, I've got to find a certain amount of people that I trust that I feel like are in a place where they're not also suffering, but are in a place where they can look at me objectively and help me. And so I, you know, I haven't went to anything, you know, I, I, I've just kind of, kind of been trying to heal. Well, as I said, I didn't work. So I, I own a pest control business and uh, after two months of no revenue, things got really tight and I just stopped paying my rent. I thought I'd have a billion dollars, didn't need to. And I came home one night and my power was shut off. And so I had to call back. At this point, I was out of mania. I was just, you know, I was too medicated, to be honest, with some of these medications. And one of them, another one was causing me to sleep like 15 hours a day. I also had cycled into depression um, because your brain can't handle that much. You know, it, it's interesting, you know, people, they have fluctuations in motivate or, or not motivation in their mind frame. Right. And sometimes we get really high and sometimes we get a little low and they kind of operate within this sphere. Well, when you're manic or when you're depressed and you transcend all that and, and you get to points where you, you can't comprehend. Right. So, Filling that and filling all those emotions when I'm so high, when I shifted, it put me into a deep depression, a deep depression. 
And so I, I come home one night and there's a payer vacate on my door. And you know, my rent is not, I think it's like $17.50 a month. And uh, it's two months past due. And because I haven't worked and I have barely any money in there. And it terrified me. You know, in this society, and in general, a lot of us, especially as fathers, our worth comes to providing for our kids. And my greatest fear, the reason I have financial stress, everything, it just revolves around them. What if they go without, right? And I got so nervous. Well, my bishop had just been called a bishop. And uh, I think I was his first interview. And uh, <laughs> we joke a lot. I'm like, I bet I broke you in. Because <laughs> it was, it was, I was still manic when I first talked to him. But the church helped me out. I was able to pay my rent, but I was just terrified, you know. And so I, I went into this period for months where I was either terrified about money and losing everything. If not, I was slowly gaining more and more weight and I couldn't work out. And so my mind would go from there to there. The other thing it would go to is this manic episode and people that saw and are familiar with some of the things that's transpired. And like Satan worked on me like no end. You know, you're a bad man. You're, you're a bad dude. And, uh, you know, I'm like, mm, maybe people will believe I'm manic. But then it's like, well, if they believe you're manic, you're a liability, right? You're, you're, you're not safe. You're a liability. Or you're lying and you're not taking accountability for some of your actions. Well, the truth is in mania, uh, towards the end, I, I had no control anymore. I just, I didn't anymore. And it wasn't me operating the system anymore. Um, I think in that state you're prone to spirits as well and I won't get into that but I, I, I felt the darkness of Satan like I can't describe in my life during that time but I was in one of those three things so I, I didn't want to go out because I was so terrified of what everyone thought right and that made me realize how after years and years of therapy and everything I still care a ton what people think and yeah it's good to say we don't care it's none of our business but it's a lot harder to put in play and you know this has been a process of of just learning not to care anymore because I know where my heart was I know that some of the the behavior was unprecedented for me it's just something I would have never done and you know as far as the bipolar uh, you know my my psychiatrist is like I don't know like you've only had two episodes in 10 years which is very atypical for bipolar you know but uh now I'm medicated right now I I take lithium which is the wonder drug because lithium has been created um you know because lithium has been created that's why insane asylums don't really exist anymore it was the lithium the the, the balanced healthy people and bipolar is interesting because it's not an attachment disorder right narcissism borderline personality uh history, most of these things are formed by unhealthy attachment with another person or an event and so you treat them with therapy i think that the the, the root cause of of, of a bipolar is a genetic predisposition for sure and then i think trauma can do it, but it's not necessarily something you can trace to an experience. But the good thing is it can be medicated. You know, you, you can be medicated. It's been really neat as I've opened up to people how people have told me they've been, you know, stable for 20, 30 years. So I, 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 I feel good about that. 
but it, it was so difficult for me in these situations. And for the first two months, I couldn't get out of, I'm going to lose everything. I have no money. I'm crazy. Everyone thinks I'm a bad guy. doesn't want me around. I'm gaining weight. I'm not attractive. I, I don't want to go out. And, you know, I just sat home. I didn't want to shower because it depressed me when I'd take off my shirt and stuff. I, I've got way too many clothes, <laughs> way too many. Um, but uh, I don't fit in any of these clothes. I'm starting to fit in them now, but still, granted, my, my clothes are way too tight um, anyway. So, but I'm like, yeah. So I go and buy all these different clothing and that, that Zyprex medication, what it does is it shuts down the dopamine production in your stomach and you can't register that you're hungry. So I keep gaining this weight and I'm like, I'm just depressed. I'm just depressed. Um, I was eating three, four crumble cookies at a time. It's like 2,800 calories and every day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I didn't realize that, that this, this one medication Zyprex was having such a hold on me. And so I'm, I'm trying to adapt to that being my norm. I, I guess I probably won't work out anymore. I, I need to work and shift where my self-worth is from off my looks, which I did a lot of. I did a lot of work, a lot of inner work, you know. And uh, my, my belief is that the right people, including the person that's meant for you, will come into your life because of who you are, not because of who you're not. Yes, being, you know, having some of my stuff is, is going to scare a lot of people away. And you know what? That's, that's totally fine. I have complete peace with that. But it was, it was so hard. I don't know if I've ever been through a harder thing. And I've been through a lot. But I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, getting back in and, you know, so I... I stopped taking that medication about a month ago and it was like, oh, now I'm still on lithium, which is for, I'm still medicated. I'm never going to get off that, that I don't care if my manic episodes are 10 years, I, I don't care. But uh, when I got off that one, it was like, I could think again, I could start to have hope for the future. And it, it felt, it was the biggest paradigm shift I've ever felt. And I started to feel hope and all this therapy and all this stuff I had been going through to heal, it started to make sense in my brain because that, that antipsychotic drug, it stops your processes and, and slows you down. It's, it's for when people are, you know, manic or schizophrenic or different things and it will, it's an antipsychotic. It'll just numb your emotions. So I hadn't cried for six months and that's not normal for a guy like me. But going and taking that and starting to feel good again, you know, has been huge for me. And, uh, you know, I am getting in shape and I do want to get back where I got, but it's with, it's with a different mind frame. You know, I, I, I've been judged for how I look. Yeah, a 42 year old with a six pack, everyone says every 42 year old is, is a douche with a six pack. Well, <laughs> I understand what they mean. You know, I don't use women. I don't date very often. That's not, I'm not obsessed with the gym. I don't talk about lifting all the time. And if that's your thing, that's cool. It's just not mine, but I do like going. And I like seeing my body change. I like challenging me. I like challenging my mind. I'm obsessed with self-improvement um, because I just want to be happier. And I feel like my coping mechanisms during this hard time were taken away from me. I didn't feel like I wanted to talk to anyone because of all this, because of the depression, because of the, the medication. And like that's one of my biggest 
ways I cope and deal with life is I share and I help people and I work with people. You know, and, and that was taken. The gym was taken away. That's probably my number two. Like, I, I didn't go there as well. You know, another thing that has been tough is I, I'm, you know, putting out this thing that's reached a decent amount of people and uh, very open with my sobriety and like I put in a ton of work and then I relapse. But I, I know clearly, like I, I took a bunch of mushrooms. I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't manic. I just wouldn't have. Because at this point in my life, drugs are not hard not to do. And the moment I was on manic, everyone's like, how are you doing? I'm fine. Like I'm seven months clean again and it's just pick up where you left off. I have different ways to cope, which are a lot healthier when I have stress now that I've learned through recovery. Um, and some ways that aren't, aren't great, but you know, they're, they're getting better, right? Like, like all of us. But it was really hard for me to do that. It was, it was it's still, how long have been sore? Seven months, you know? And, I talked with my sponsor, Mark, and he's like, you got a lot more than seven months sobriety, Kate. You got four years of excellent sobriety. And, you know, I just, I started to make my peace with that, um, that I, I, I did relapse because I, I took illicit drugs, even though I was pretty impaired, I still did. And it's not a big deal. I can start over. I work the 12 steps again, you know, and, and that, that's been good for me in, in my read of ways of processing trauma and, and doing stuff as well. It's been five and a half years since I used Adderall, which was my, you know, drug of choice. You know, when I relapsed, I, I did for a day. And it wasn't a prolonged thing because it was so painful, right? But I think when we get caught up in our time and we tell people we're addicts and they ask how much our time is, it means so much when there's so much more that goes into that, what I've learned. And, you know, as an addict, we have a daily reprieve from this addiction, which is one day each time as we, we work a day. So I, you know, that, that wasn't hard to stop. Um, by the way, being on mushrooms and manic was insane. Insane. I have no desire to ever do mushrooms. Um, I think that they can help people, but uh, for us addicts, they're probably not the best thing. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of my, my story. I didn't think I was going to do any more episodes. I didn't want to for a long time, and I didn't feel good enough. And, uh, you know, I'm not completely healed from the situation. I still have created these coping mechanisms for this trauma that I've experienced, right? But I always know when I'm healed from a specific trauma, when I stop having to distress things, it tends to go away, right? And I'm working at it harder than I've ever worked at anything. But that's life. It takes some time. I never did blame God through this because I'm at a point where I understand that everything that God does is for our benefit because He loves us. Everything. And it doesn't look like it when we're down here struggling and going through hard things when my mind becomes manic for the second time and it wasn't any of my fault and there's all these ramifications and, you know, at this point I'd be worth a lot of money if uh, my first business didn't fail, but I know God knows what He's doing. And I think the biggest thing I can share is, you know, when all this was happening, because I've lost everything before and I was in danger of losing everything. And I saw what it was like to lose everything and uh, felt like I was losing everything a lot. I just promised God, if I lose everything this time, it, I'm going to be close to you. 
because I'll be able to handle it if I'm close to you. Because if I'm close to you, I'll know that this is just something I need to go through. But if I am, am goofing around and pulling away from you and going wild, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I think God gives us trials for us to grow. And, uh, you know, I think when we understand the trial and we, we pledge to live righteously, God, this is so hard, but regardless if it stays with me or goes forever, my will is yours forever. I don't think he wants us to suffer any more than we have to. And I believe that as we're open like that and as we go through as much of the trials we need to, eventually it'll be taken away. That's been my experience in my life with that. And I can feel myself being lifted. You know, and it's, it's, it's still getting better every day. I still have mild agoraphobia in public with people, which for me is, that's a fear of people which for me is crazy because <laughs> I'm a very extroverted person, although as I've gotten older, I've, create, I've developed definitely an introverted side, but I'm sick of being alone. <laughs> I've been alone a lot, but it's been necessary for me to heal. And I don't see the reason for all of this yet. I, I, I know that part of it is to help other people that have went through it. And if you have any part of this, not just the, the mania, but, you know, the addiction or the money fine or whatever, you know, hopefully this can help you. Because God saved me yet again through His Son. So I'm, I'm grateful to be back here. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with this. I'm sure I'll put out more episodes and content, but uh, I don't have a timeline anymore or a stress for it. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't care if you subscribe or not. You share it if it helps you. I'm, I'm not trying to make it huge. I'm not. I never was about that until I became manic, and then it went wild. But you know, this thing is is I, I finance it. I put my time into it. I put a lot of time into it. A lot of money into it. I don't get paid anything. It's just to help. And uh, I'm a bipolar addict with, with histrionic tendencies. That's a red flag, especially for a single guy like me, especially for a single guy that wants to get married again. Why would I say that? Why would I say this, all this stuff out in public? Well, there's two reasons. One is I think it helps. I think it helps a lot of people. I think when people stand up and share what they've done and where they went wrong and everything, and they're just raw and vulnerable, I think there's a power in that. Not, that, not just that my life's hard, but I messed up and this has created more. Owning your part in it too is, is powerful. So I think there's, there's a power in sharing that. The other thing is, you know, I believe that the right people will come and stay in your life that are meant to be there. And that includes whoever you want to marry or whatever else. It's, I, I, I just don't believe it's going to be someone that is the right one for you that's going to be like, well, there's this and this, and, but he's this and this and this. And, uh, but I think I'll, I'll put that okay. And that happens for sure. We look past stuff. Well, I don't want that. I want to just do what I'm doing here. Just, hey, this is me. This is, this is everything. There's nothing hid, you know, and, uh, you can tell me your stuff. Obviously I don't share all this when you're first in courtship, uh, you trauma bond, but, uh, once you know those things, once you know everything, there's no fear anymore. 
There's just acceptance. And you, you know, even in your platonic relationships, you're just allowed to care and to act and be who you are and be authentic. So you guys that have asked about this project, I, I appreciate the people that have watched. I appreciate the people that helped me through this. I appreciate the people that uh, stuck by me. Appreciate the forgiveness that I've had some show me, and uh, I'm 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 grateful. I'm coming back, and we'll continue on working as I know to do, and we'll heal completely from this one and come out better and stronger because I know in whom I've trusted, and that is my Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for this. Get your life back. Mm -hmm.